Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. Thinking about this morning, as we were worshiping just now, I bowed my head and asked God what He wanted to say today. Not what I wanted to say. And I'm thinking about this series as we've gone through the likeness of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, what he means to us, what he means to others. And I thought long and hard, and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. I am being convicted. I am being convicted by what the Lord has to say. We are called to do something like that in this world in which we live. But we have real power. The Holy Spirit behind the message that we bring. Amen? We do. A joke for you, if I may. Late one night, a burglar broke into a house that he thought was empty. He tiptoed, he tiptoed through the living room, but he suddenly froze in his tracks when he heard a loud voice say, Jesus is watching you. You're already laughing because you probably have heard this one. Silence returned to the house, so the burglar crept forward again. Jesus is watching you. The voice boomed again. The burglar stopped dead again. He was frightened. And frantically he looked all over the place and around and in the dark corners. And he spotted a bird cage. And in the cage was a parrot. He asked the parrot, Was that you who said Jesus is watching me? Yes, said the parrot. The burglar breathed a sigh of relief. Then he asked the parrot, what's your name? Clarence, said the bird. Well, that's an unusual name for a parrot, the burglar said. And what guy out of his mind named you Clarence? To which the parrot said, the same guy who named the Rottweiler Jesus. We will never get over our sins and quit sinning until the Holy Spirit convicts us. How do we recognize sin? How do we recognize sin in our lives? How do we recognize sin? In our children's lives. Good old-fashioned Holy Spirit conviction. Knowing how sin is hurting us or hurting God's song. Uh, have, you, have you heard of the song, Does He Still Feel the Nails Every Time I Fail? Strong words. Have you ever wondered why people keep on living in sin? 
And most of it would say, well, they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't have a personal relationship to him. So how would they know what sin is really doing in their life? As far as they know, it's all they know. And it's working for them. So they continue to do it. Young people will never learn to follow the Holy Spirit if we don't teach them right from wrong. And the dangers of choosing wrong and the blessings that come from choosing right. A wrong diagnosis leads to a wrong remedy. Let me explain. A construction worker thought he had a toothache. And for almost a week he tried painkillers, ice packs, anything to reduce the swelling. Only after the dentist took an x-ray did he learn the source of the toothache. He had a four-inch nail in his head. This is a true story, by the way. When the dentist reported their discovery to his wife, she thought they were joking. But the x-ray revealed the truth. The nail had entered through his mouth, just missing his eye. The incident occurred six days earlier when the man was working with a nail gun that um, backfired. No, it wasn't you, Stanley. Although one of these nails shot into his mouth and embedded itself, and the guy didn't realize it, he merely complained of a toothache and a little bit of blurry vision. And he even tried ice cream to soothe his pain, which most of us do, right? But after the nail was discovered, Surgeons at a hospital successfully removed it from his mouth. And it took about four hours to complete that surgery. And the doctor said, although it's a pretty rare injury, uh, this is the second time we've seen this in this hospital where the person was injured by a nail gun and didn't actually realize that the nail had been embedded in their skull. But think about that for a minute. He thought he had a toothache. He had a four-inch nail in his head. A wrong diagnosis leads to a wrong remedy. In the spiritual realm of things, unless we recognize the deadly reality of sin, we will never turn to the only solution, which is found in Jesus Christ. And to help us recognize and remedy the problem of sin in our lives, we who are Christians have the indwelling Holy Spirit. There are three specific areas of the Holy Spirit's ministry in this regard that we're going to look at today. First of all, the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts. And I'm sure you're aware that Every day in this country, men and women go on trial for various crimes, and many of them are convicted for committing these crimes that they have been accused of. 
And with that conviction generally comes a sentence resulting in jail time, probation, and or restitution of some kind. In the vast majority of the cases, the conviction is something the criminal desperately wants to avoid at all costs. Well, duh. But in the Christian faith, in the Christian faith, there is a type of conviction that has some similarities with the criminal type. But hopefully it is something that we desire and to use to our benefit. And God calls us to do so. It is the conviction that comes to us from the Holy Spirit when we are doing something that is out of line with the faith that we have professed in Christ. The Holy Spirit who lives within us will expose our sin to us, giving us a warning to cease and desist our ungodly behavior. But it will also give us the ability to resist that sin. For example, when someone says that they are coming under conviction, that is what we call Christianese, for the Holy Spirit is letting me know and letting you know that you're going down the wrong path. You ever felt that before, that nagging that tells you, wait a minute, slow up. Don't go that way. Turn to your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, looking at verses 12 through 14. And we read all this last week. Surprise, surprise, we're going to be there again. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 14, says this. So then, brothers, we are debtors. Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. In the criminal justice system, when a person is convicted, the main goal is to what? Bring them to justice, right? But when we come under the Holy Spirit's conviction for the sins we have committed or are thinking of committing, the goal is spiritual freedom. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, for the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. And we read this again last week, Romans chapter 8, probably my favorite chapter in all of Romans. So rather than understanding the Holy Spirit's conviction as a negative thing, we should come to the understanding that it is the most positive thing that could ever happen to us. And how does the Holy Spirit convict? He does it when we are reading the Word of God. He convicts by speaking to our conscience. He does it by using others 
who have influence over our lives. And he works in many ways to give us the power to reject sin and to embrace righteousness. Amen? But for that conviction to be effective, we have to be open to hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say. I bowed my head during the worship time this morning trying to obey the Holy Spirit and allow Him to speak through me. Not through my words, but through His. Little note for you, and some of you already know this because I've shared my secret before. Before I walk up these steps every Sunday, I repeat something three times to myself. Some of you over here may have seen me muttering to myself. I'm not crazy, I promise. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Shades of Martin Luther. But I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe the Holy Spirit convicts us. I believe he is there for us. I believe he is there to guide us. But as God said, we have to allow him to convict us. We have to allow him to guide us down the path he has set for us. In other words, we have to work towards keeping our hearts and minds sensitive to the Spirit's leading. The Holy Spirit convicts those who are, who are already Christians. But I want us to look at another way that he works. Because in addition to him convicting us, the Holy Spirit also convicts the world. He does. He convicts the world. Some Christians have erroneously stated that the Holy Spirit cannot work in the life of an unbeliever. How many of you believe that? I believe it's false. Here's why. I would have to say that the Spirit regularly works in the world of an unbeliever. Here's the proof. John chapter 16 verses 8 through 11. Mark it. Underline it. Don't forget it. John chapter 16 verses 8 through 11. We also read this last week. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. So, according to Jesus, the Spirit has come to convict the world. And by the world, he means those who are not in a relationship to him. Do you hear that? Not in a relationship to him. There are three specific ways the Holy Spirit convicts the world that I want to look at with you very briefly. First of all, concerning sin. The sin in an unbeliever's life. 
Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would convict the world concerning sin because the world does not believe in him. The fact of the matter is, folks, that you might be sitting here today and you've done none of those things but be guilty of the greatest sin in the world. What is the greatest sin in the world? It is the sin of unbelief. It is the sin of unbelief. It is the sin of rejecting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because if you do not believe in Jesus, that is, you have not trusted him as your Lord, the Bible tells us that you are lost and that you will spend eternity apart from him. If you reject him now, he will reject you at judgment. If you accept him now, he will accept you this very moment and for all eternity. The Holy Spirit has come into the world to convict men and women of their sin of unbelief so that they will turn to Jesus and live forever. Now, concerning righteousness, Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. Jesus raised from the dead not only to have our sins subtracted from us, but so that his righteousness could be added to us. You see, it's not enough just to have your sins forgiven. That won't get you into the presence of God. You have to have the righteousness of Christ. And that comes when you place your trust in him. The Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of that fact. And to let those outside of Christ know that they too can have righteousness of Jesus Christ himself when they allow him to become Lord of their life. And then finally concerning judgment. And this is kind of thought-provoking, if you will. Think of this. One day God was looking down at earth and saw all of the evil that was going on. He decided to send an angel down to earth to check it out. So he called one of his best angels and sent the angel to earth for a time. When the angel returned, she told God, yes, it is bad on earth. 95% is bad and 5% is good. Well, God thought for a moment and said, maybe I had better send down a second angel to get another point of view. So God called another angel and sent her to earth for a time too. And when the angel returned, she went to God and told him, yes, the earth is in decline. 95% was bad, 5% was good. God said this was not good. So he decided to email that 5% that were good. He wanted to encourage them, give them a little something to help them keep going. And do you know what that email said? You didn't get one either, huh? 
kind of makes you think about what God sees when he looks down. Now, this is not talking about the final judgment in this context. I understand that. No, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would convict the world concerning judgment and then pointed out that this was because the ruler of this world has been judged. And we know from elsewhere in the Bible that the ruler of this world is Satan. Satan has already been judged. And so has everyone who refuses to accept Jesus Christ. We have a strange illusion that mere time cancels sin. But mere time does nothing either to the fact or guilt of sin. The guilt is washed out not by time, by repentance and the blood of Christ. C.S. Lewis. If we had to stand before God in the filthy rags of our sin, every single one of us would be separated from him forever. But in Christ Jesus, the filthy rags are made white as snow. And we stand before God judged innocent because of what Jesus had done for us. So you see, the Holy Spirit is very active in the world of unbelievers. And the purpose of his activity is to convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment so that they will turn their lives over to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit convicts. And the Holy Spirit convicts this world But more importantly this morning, what we need to understand is that the Holy Spirit convicts the world through us. Through us. A school crossing guard in Florida tried everything to get cars to slow down in the school zone. But nothing worked until he took a blow dryer, wrapped it in electrical tape, making it look like a radar gun. So he just points the blow dryer at the passing cars and amazingly how quickly they slowed down. He said it's almost comical. It's amazing how well it works. But isn't that true with this world? They only do what they want to do when they want to do it until, oh, wait a minute. Someone's watching. Let me change that for the sick. But shifting gears a little bit, I want to get into the actual sermon this morning. And I think I speak, and I don't do this very often, but I think I speak for everyone when I say that we fully understand loss. Does everyone here understand loss? L-O-S-S, loss. Whether it is the loss of a parent, the loss of a spouse, or a child to death, or the loss of of a close friend because of a relocation. We know the pain of losing someone that is meaningful to us. And the Gospels describe um, such a loss for the disciples. When Jesus had become their guide, 
he had become their hope. And when he explained that he was going to leave them, we now get this feeling how confused and distressed they were. They had finally found the one who they believed was the Messiah. So how was it that they were going to continue without him? But Jesus told them that he was not going to leave them alone. He would send his Holy Spirit to be with them. And here's what we need to realize today. Jesus also promised that same promise to us. He won't leave us alone either. So today, we're using portions of John 15 and 16 for the message about being convicted by the Holy Spirit. So, before Jesus' death, Jesus shared a final Passover meal with his disciples in an upstairs room in Jerusalem. And Jesus already knew that in just a few hours he would be arrested, tried, beaten, and crucified. He also knew that the disciples would be scattered, confused, afraid. So as they finished that Passover meal, Jesus began what some have called his farewell address. Of the many things that Jesus told them that night, probably the most touching moment was when he told them he was leaving them. He literally said, little children, I am with you a little while longer. So from this background, we pick up the story in John chapter 15 verses 26 and 27. You can turn there now. John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. And it says this When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. Can you imagine the confusion that disciples had when Jesus said this? Can you imagine it? One by one, they began to ask questions trying to understand what Jesus was telling them. John recorded questions from several of the disciples and the tender way Jesus answered them. Despite the fear and uncertainty that he no doubt saw in his disciples' eyes, Jesus told them that he was not going to leave them alone. And so he began to teach the disciples about the Holy Spirit and his work. He said that the Holy Spirit would come from the Father and be with them, just as Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples. Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to us. I'm not sure that you fully realize what a wonderful thing that really is. Some of you do. But I think some don't. How often do you think about the Holy Spirit's presence in your life? Sure, we talk about how much um, 
God loves us. We talk about how much that God helps us. We talk about Jesus all the time. But how much and how often do we consider the Holy Spirit that indwells within us? You see, once Jesus left this earth and sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, the Holy Spirit is now our counselor. He is the one that offers us comfort and help. Jesus wanted the disciples to know that he was sending the Holy Spirit to be with them. And he used two phrases to describe the Holy Spirit. First, he used the word counselor. The role of the Holy Spirit was to be present with those who belong to Jesus. The Greek word that was used for the Holy Spirit, parakletos, literally means one called to assist another, an advocate, one who pleads that cause of another. Is that and is it that same Holy Spirit that will walk with us? That will comfort us and provide the help that we need? The second phrase that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit was that he called it the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. A key role of the Holy Spirit is to give testimony to the truth of Jesus. Back in John chapter 5, Jesus identified six witnesses who testified about him as the Messiah. And you can read that on your own. But one of those identifying witnesses was the Holy Spirit. He said that the Holy Spirit would continue to testify to the truth of Jesus to the disciples and for you and I. And through them to the world. You see the Holy Spirit is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is just as equal with God of the Father and God the Son. So let me say that again. As a member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus said in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit will be the one I send to you from the Father. And this verse is a clear picture of the Trinity. God is one God who exists in three persons. And so you may ask, does the Holy Spirit come from the Father or from Jesus? The answer to that is yes. Yes. Both of those are accurate. He is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit comes from God. God the Father and God the Son. And then back in John chapter 14, Jesus said he would ask the Father to send another counselor, which refers to another of the same kind. In other words, Jesus would send someone like himself. The Holy Spirit dwells with believers today. The Holy Spirit is God's presence with us. We might feel alone at times, no doubt. But Jesus promised to never leave us 
or abandon us. Ever. He is always present with us in the person of the counselor. He is always present with us through the Holy Spirit. What is the presence of the Holy Spirit? John chapter 16, verse 7. Make, mark, make a mark on that. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. So this chapter begins with Jesus explaining to the disciples how hard their lives would soon become. We stepped into a, a hard life as soon as we were born. But that does not mean that we are alone. It does not mean that God did not send the counselor for us. You see, the disciples had chosen to give up everything, absolutely everything, to be with Jesus. They left fishing boats. They left families. They left homes and tax booths to follow Jesus. How on earth could his absence be to their advantage? And especially if they were going to face the hardships that he was describing. How are they any different from today's hardships? Do we have it better? Some might say yes. Some might say no. We now know, but the disciples at the time didn't understand the benefit would come in the presence of the Holy Spirit since the Spirit would be with them in a way that Jesus had not been with them. During his earthly ministry, Jesus worked hard to carry out his mission in one specific place at a time. But the Holy Spirit is different. He moves and works all over the world without a concern for a time or a concern for a place to accomplish God's work. He's everywhere. And in all of this, we can take comfort in that truth. The truth that the Holy Spirit is always with us, helping us to know God's will and accomplish the work that he has for us. And here is how we can apply this to our lives. If I was a betting man, I would bet that most Every person in this room right now is facing some sort of challenging situation that you're currently dealing with. Am I right? We all are. What God is asking us to do is to thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit who will provide daily guidance and comfort. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment 
about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me, and about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Jesus describes the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand the evil in our own hearts. Only the Holy Spirit can convict us of our faithlessness, which leads to our sinful behavior. It's a lot like the prophet Isaiah. When he came into the presence of God. When he saw the purity and righteousness of God, he realized how guilty and sinful he was. Isaiah 6, 5, Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. More than once I have sat with individuals who were convicted of their sins by the Holy Spirit. And as they poured out their grief, they couldn't even bring themselves to look me in the eye. They were ashamed of themselves. And as the Holy Spirit made them realize the error of their ways, many of the times those individuals felt that God didn't want to have anything to do with them. You know, I relish those opportunities. Do you? I relish those opportunities. What an impact God can have on an individual when they're ready. When they're ready. My friends, if there is a sin in your life that is bothering you at this very moment, that is the Holy Spirit that is convicting you of that sin. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John 16, 12 through 15. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. Then it goes on and says, he will glorify me because he will take you from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the father has is mine. That is why I told you that he takes from what he is his and will declare it up to you. Now, to understand that passage, understand that Jesus explained a lot to his disciples. But he knew they still couldn't understand all that he wanted them to know. And Jesus wanted the disciples to understand how the Holy Spirit would benefit them. So he explained to them a couple different ways that the Spirit would work, giving a clearer picture of what the disciples could expect. And more importantly, what we can expect. The Spirit will lead us to a deeper truth related to Jesus' mission in the world. You see, 
When Jesus left this earth, he sent the Holy Spirit so that he would be with them and us. And it is the Holy Spirit that leads us into all the truth. Jesus said that he had so many things he wanted to tell them, but he couldn't tell them right then. But that once he left and that spirit of truth came, it would be the Holy Spirit that would guide them along their way in all truth. So don't you see that it is the Holy Spirit that helps us grasp a deeper understanding of God's kingdom work. Jesus continued and said that the Holy Spirit would only speak when he hears from God. In other words, he would never lead them to a different truth than what Jesus had shared with them. But he would continue to deepen their understanding. And the more that we are in tune with God, the more the Holy Spirit works within us to deepen our understanding of why God uses us to accomplish things that we may not fully know why. Do you know why you're sitting where you're sitting? Some of you, it's because you're under the heater or the air conditioner. Or because we're Baptists and we're creatures of habit. And when someone else sits in your spot, you get a little uneasy. Okay. Great. But why are you sitting where you're sitting? You think it's accident? You've been called to sit in that spot. You've been called to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. We all have a job. Yes, that dreaded three-letter word, J-O-B. We all have a job on this earth. It's to model ourselves after our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to give Him the glory in all that we do and all that we say. To Him be the glory. If you have never felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit... Maybe it's time that you get in closer touch with God. And there's no better way to connect with God, no better way, than through his son, Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus personally, during our time of benediction, I want you to come as the Spirit leads you. And we'll help you to know Jesus in a personal way. And remember this. If you feel that tug on your heart to accept Jesus in a personal way, know this. It has nothing to do with what I just said. It has nothing to do with what I will ever say from here. It is all about the Holy Spirit drawing you close to that relationship with Christ. He is the placeholder and he does his job well. We fail at our job. But then the Holy Spirit gets reprimanded for it, doesn't he? Oh, well, the Holy Spirit should have led me to do something else. Were you listening? Did you understand what he was trying to do? Did you understand why he was calling you to do something? And more importantly, if you don't understand, that's okay. 
that's okay. That's what should draw us closer to come to that understanding. To find someone who knows a little bit about that. And believe me, there's no one in this room who has perfected it. Far from it. But that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you now. And I want you to pray about that now as Dave comes and gives our benediction. Step out and come as you are. Juan, would you put up Draw Me Close, we sang earlier. Let's just do that this morning as we stand together. May that be, again, your heart. God says if we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. Spirit, you are welcomed here. We thank you for our time this morning, Lord. And I pray, I pray, I pray that you will draw us closer to you. That we will see the light. That we will see who you truly are. And Lord, we understand that you've sent your counselor, the spirit of truth, to come, to guide us, to lead us into our kingdom work here on earth. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the propitiation for all sin. Thank you that we have the opportunity to have a relationship with you. And those who do not understand that, I pray, Lord, that you will put him in the paths which will lead them to you. Thank you, Lord, for our day. Bless us as we leave and are given those opportunities to talk to others about Christ. Thank you for those opportunities. And all of God's people said, Amen.
Amen. Have a great week, everyone. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the Word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org.